Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. And every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me. <laughs> and sometimes I will be bringing some friends along as I take you through various leading ideas that I find interesting and worthy of your time in the personal finance world today. I've decided to call this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on these leading ideas. Hey Coconut, so yes, recently there's been a lot of discussion around bonds, SSBs, T-bills. People are very concerned about these instruments. Partly because the stock market is a shit show at this point in time. Also partly because it looks like the interest rates are moving much, much higher. It looks like it is an interesting instrument for now, right? And I have received a lot of messages, whether it's from you guys on my Instagram, on Telegram, DM, or even friends and families casually just asking me, hey, you know what do you think of this? And I want to shout out to all my friends and families. I, let me let me tell you once and for all, okay? Certainly, <laughs> let me tell you once and for all, I've been doing this podcast for three years and I've recorded all this content for one reason and that is not to answer any of your questions anymore. <laughs> okay, I mean, there are many other reasons but one of these reasons is I've recorded all these already. Why can't you just go and consume it? Stop asking me the same question. I don't want to repeat myself, right? So today, we are going to spend some time to talk about buying Singapore TBU, some of the must-knows and the steps that you can look up for. So welcome back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, Budamangin Financial Myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us create a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Yorochi Financial Coconut. And welcome to my segment, First Dips, where I spend time with you every Tuesday to talk about something that matters in the personal finance space. And today, today, we're going to talk about Singapore T-bills, right? Because maybe the Singapore government credit rating is very good so many people are looking out for it or maybe because uh, we are approaching a 4% yield on some of these bond instruments right? not there yet but getting there what is it SSB SGS T-bills all that stuff it is happening and I get it many people are trying to ride the wave which is also why you see a sudden surge of information and interest for all these debt-based instruments, right? And a good thing to remind everybody, I think um, at this juncture, right, before we dive deep into the whole T-bill discussion or like how do all these things work, a good reminder is uh, try not to rush for all these hype because I get it, I get it, right? As of now, uh, the stock market isn't doing very well. But as a reminder, as a reminder, so far in the last 30 decades, uh, 30 years, not 30 decades, three decades, um, the stock market has outperformed the bond market. So while I get the appeal of the current situation, uh, maybe we should not just rush everything into the bond market, right? If not, we end up becoming like the people trying to uh, shorten our queue at NTUC, lah, right? right? <laughs> you, see, well, you see that queue shorter, then you rush there, then the machine breaks down, right? Then you... <laughs> 
So, so yes, yes. Okay, uh, I get the appeal. I get the excitement. And I also recognize that past results does not definitively indicate the future, especially now with the US dollar situation, China, Russia, US. Uh, there's a lot of all these things moving. So we're not sure whether the stock market will come back as strong and rarely as quickly or even like potentially continue to beat the bond markets for the next 10, 20 years. But the reality is I know a lot of people are rushing into this thing and I just want to do a gentle reminder that history, or at least the past 30 years histories have shown that the stock market does outperform and maybe you shouldn't put everything in one thing. I mean, I've talked about why hype ETFs fail, right? So maybe we don't need to all join the hype, right? Can put some, can put some, right? If you believe in the broadly diversified idea, you want to have a more balanced portfolio, you want to make some yield of these kind of debt instruments, yeah, by all means, go for it. But yeah, just word of caution. Huh? No chong, no chong, okay? So enough of the caveating. Let me give everybody some broad strokes on the current debt instruments, okay? So um, many people are talking about things like SSBs, SGS, and T-bills, okay? So pardon the, pardon the, what do you call it? All the acronyms, right? Singapore government love acronyms, right? So SSBs is Singapore Saving Bonds. SGS is Singapore Government Securities, right? Essentially, it's also a bond. And then T-bills is a very short-term bond, right? Which we can, as we go down to this episode, we will talk a little bit more about about it. But the broad idea within the debt instruments space or within the bond space, okay, we just call it debt instruments because to me, all of them are based on debt, right? And it is a very easy idea to sit on when you think of debt, which means you lend the company or the government money and then they will pay you interest, right? Of course, the repayment method comes in different ways, but this is the basic idea. They owe you debt, they pay you interest, and then you sit back and kill car. Hopefully, they will pay you back, right? <laughs> and in the grand scheme of debt instruments, broadly, they are divided into two kinds of debt. One is government debt. The other is corporate debt. And for today, we are not going to spend too much time to talk about corporate debt because once you talk about corporate debt, there are many other things that are involved, right? From credit rating, uh, their ability to repay, and uh, all these other things that come in. Uh, it's, it gets very complicated. But then, let's not to say that the government debt don't need to repay. Huh? They also need to repay. It's just that if the government is issuing in their own currency, which means if the Singapore government issues in Singapore dollar, it's it's relatively easy for them to repay because uh, they have the ability to, on some level, print money, quote-unquote print money. Huh? So it's a slightly more complicated concept. I don't really want to touch on that. If you want to learn more, I think Dalio did a very good job, right? So how the financial market works. Just go and search Ray Dalio. I think he has done a decent job with some videos to talk a little bit more about this. All right, so focusing on government debt, okay? Uh, the beauty about the Singapore government debt is that we do have a triple A rating. Huh? So in other words, uh, if you trust all these financial institutions, all these like credit rating bureaus, right? You will realize that there are only like what? A, a half a dozen or a dozen countries that have triple A and Singapore government is at a triple A, which is like top notch, right? In other words, it is rated to be able to pay, lah, right? So if you lend Singapore government the money, they will pay you back, right? <laughs> and I get it, right? I, I do believe in the rating because from Singapore's perspective, we do have a lot of foreign reserves, right? And we hold consistent surpluses in our financial reserves over the years. In other words, we make more than we spend. And our financial reserves in terms of foreign currency is much bigger than the circulation of our money. In other words, we have the ability to firstly pay back and we have the ability to manage 
currency movements, right? And and this currency movement kind of discussion, I think I did talk a little bit about in the earlier episodes of why you should be happy that you own Singapore dollar. Please go and check that out. But focusing on today, the idea here is Singapore government has a very good credit rating and it should be able to continue to pay you when you lend the money. Lah. So great, good on us. Woohoo! And by the way, for all you Singaporeans tuning in, if you didn't know, you are long Singapore dollar, right? You make money in Singapore dollar. You are <laughs> Your house is in Singapore dollar. Your career is tied to Singapore dollar. Your CPF is in Singapore dollar. So you are long Singapore dollar. You should be very happy that the Singapore dollar is strong. Okay, so focusing on government debt and specifically the Singapore government debt instruments, there are three types, right? Like I said, SSBs, SGSBs, and then T-bills, which is the focus for today. But what are their differences, okay? Broadly speaking, they differ in their repayment, their holding period, and their goals are pretty much, those are the few things that they are different, right? So rather than go into the nitty gritty to say like, oh, this one repay when, that one repay, which a lot of, what do you call it? A lot of blocks out there already give you a beautiful chart, right? You can go and just look at it and then you'll know the details, right? Oh, this one is 12 months. This one potentially is 2 years, 5 years, 10 years, 20 years. This one or 10 years only, repayment is staggered, right? So uh, there are a lot of charts out there and those things, uh, details of that, I do think charts are much easier to explain. But what I want to do today is to paint a picture of how these three instruments kind of work together. Right. And uh, I think this will help us better understand why certain things exist and at the same time, better decide what instruments fit us. Okay, So the first one is SGSBs, right? Singapore Government Securities Bonds. In other words, these are the bonds that our government issue, whether it's 2-year, 5-year, 10-year, 20-year, or 30-year, 50-year, to do certain things, right? And what are these certain things? It can be to build infrastructure, it can be to uh, build up green infrastructure, or it can be just to promote uh, the debt market. So in order to promote the debt market, you must issue more debt. And by issuing more debt, the best people to issue is the government. They can control all these kind of stuff, right? So this is, this. I would say this is the real bond market, okay? Like the real bond market where government issue the debt to pursue all these different interests that we have. And then the SSBs come in, right? So SSBs are really a mimic of SGSBs without the volatility of the real bond market. Because in the real bond market, the bond prices move up and down, right? But as with Singapore government, they're always very concerned. Singaporeans take the CPM money and then go in and then lose money, right? So instead of... <laughs> instead of just having everybody join the SGSB space, which is the real bond market or the main bond market, Singapore government has created this SSB, Singapore Savings Bonds, where there is no movement, you know, you don't get any volatility in this bond. There is a standard repayment that is like predetermined before you buy this thing, you already know, okay, this is the return, this is a return every year for 10 years. And then there's no market value, you have to sell back to the government if you want to. And each person can only get 200000 So to me, this is really a tool that's created to mimic the value of SGSBs without the volatility and really target as the, the mass Singaporeans. So if you are one of the mass Singaporeans like us and you don't want to have all that volatility in the space, then SSBs is a great tool. But like I said, there's limit to that. And then the third thing is the T-bills. So T-bills are what some people call short-term debt that the government issued, which is usually six months to 12 months. And if you think about, SS, uh, if you think about T-bills, the thing about T-bills is six months to 12 months as a government, I issue, what can I do with it? <laughs> you can't really do anything with this, right? 
So what really happens with the T-bills money that is being raised, right, is that it is used to promote stability and liquidity in the markets, right? Because there's two-year, five-year, 10-year bonds. Those are the big bonds, right? And, and like I said, there's volatility. People buy, sell in the secondary market. You know, it's it's like, it's similar to trading cards, right? You, you think about that, it's similar to trading cards. If the trading card, let's say Magic Card, Magic the Gathering, okay, they, they release the bond or they release their cards, Okay, after they release the cards, what happens is you buy the cards already, right? Then they don't participate in the secondary market, right? If they don't participate in the secondary market, uh, there are all these people, they will trade, you know, oh, I want this, you want that. So they trade, right? All these trading cards. So similar in the bond market. But the last thing you want is when people trade and they can't, they can't exit, they can't liquidate out. So then it makes this uh, trading card a bit valueless because it got price but nobody wants to buy. That means the money cannot move in and out. This place is not a good place to put my money because it's not liquid. So in order to encourage this liquidity and to try to develop this bond market so that it works, right? The Singapore government then releases this kind of short-term T-bills to promote, right? So with this firepower that they raise, they can then, you know, essentially promote the market and to make it stable, stabilize the broader bond market. So that is essentially the role of the T-bills. I mean, let's be real, right? You let me money for six months, 12 years, 12 months, what do you want me to do, right? There's limit to what we can do. So this is the goal of T-bills. And with this, I hope it provides you a basic idea to understand how do you look at T-bills and then what are the things you need to look out for. And this brings me to point number one, and that is T-bills can be bought with cash, SRS or CPFIS. Essentially, almost all the places you hold cash, you can buy T-bills. And I know many articles out there will tell you like, oh yeah, you can buy at the ATM, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, bro, who still go ATM these days, man? Like everything is just cashless. You tap, QR code, right? Still ATM, uh, huh? <laughs> but okay, okay. If you go to ATM, I not swan sell you, huh? Okay, it's, it's up to you. It's your personal freedom and choice, okay? But... The idea here is I also go to ATM just to draw money. La, la. Not very often, but do you go to ATM to apply for these things? I don't know. But it's actually very simple to do it these days on internet banking. So you just log on to your internet bank, you know, or the big banks like UOB, DBS, OCBC. You just log on to the back end. And then what you need to do is to go to apply. Go under apply, right? Because I know a lot of people will think like, oh, I'm trying to invest. So uh, I click invest, but I cannot find the T-bills. I cannot find the SGS. I cannot find SSBs, whatever, whatever debt instruments. And then you realize that, oh, because all the things that are in, under invest is are things that you can readily participate in. Whereas things like T-bills or SGS or SSBs are things that are primary issue. That means the government is issue, issuing, okay? And the government is issuing, what you need to do is you need to apply like BTO like that, right? So you can buy resale flat out there, okay? And that is the invest portion. But if you want to buy BTO, you have to apply. So same idea, right? T-bills, you have to apply. So go under apply, you will be able to find it, right? And look for Singapore government securities. It's very easy. You can click whichever you want. And we focus on T-bills today. So once you go in, you click and you realize that, hey, um, at, at the time of recording, <laughs> at the time of recording, which is like 10 November, there's, there's nothing there for me to apply. Leh. And yeah, then this is the real question, right? Because the government is not issuing anything. Similar, if there's no BTO, there's no, thing, no BTO for you to bid. 
Right, so similar idea, if there are no bills out there, then there's nothing for you to bid for. Okay, but periodically, every month, every other month, there will be new releases or generally, it looks like there are new releases. So you can just keep checking back and apply as you go along. Right, so once it exists, once it's there, it's very simple, just click apply and indicate how many lots you want. And that's it. So it has been integrated to become a very simple process. The only different idea is that you have to apply and not invest, right? Because essentially, it is a BTO process. Lah. You're the first release, you are the first one to buy. So yeah, you got to queue up and apply for T-bills. And this brings me to point number two, and that is Singapore government T-bills are almost as risk-free as they can get. Huh? But they do have a different repayment method than SGS and SSB. So a small little thing to look out for. I will share with you a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, I don't want to get pothmarked for this, huh? <laughs> Because sometimes when I when I say things like as risk-free as it can be or like no risk or all that, uh, sometimes it happens, lah, right? So, so I get it. Uh, but since uh, we have established in the, in the opening that today we're going to talk about debt-based instruments, right? The, the most important part is to see whether these debt-based instruments can repay us. So I'm not trying to shield the government. Ooh, the government very good or MS very good. No, but... Uh, based on all the leading indicators, the Singapore government does have the ability to repay T-bills uh, since it issues its own SGD, right? So it's much easier for them to manage this thing with a very good credit rating. So, which is why I say that T-bills are really as risk-free as you can get for especially something that is this short term, right? Six to 12 months. Uh, the, the interesting part is the repayment process for T-bills as compared to SGS and SSBs. Okay, so for T-bills, the repayment process is different. Let me give you an example, okay? If you buy a $1,000 worth of 12-month T-bill at 4% yield, right? That means you're expecting to make 4% after 12 months, okay? What really happens is you only need to pay $960 up front. Okay, so instead of instead of getting more money at the end, you are really paying less for the full par value of the thousand dollars at the end, right? So that means you you are intending to invest a thousand dollars, but you don't get thousand and forty. What happens is you you end up putting in nine hundred sixty dollars and then getting a thousand dollars at the end. Okay, so this is a, a different structure altogether. It is not horrible or like or like whatever. Right? It is just a particular structure in itself. So unlike SGS, unlike SSBs, where they actually get interest on their full capital, what happens with T-bills is you put in the money, you get a discount right up front, right? So for $1,000 of T-bills that you want to buy, you only need to pay $960 up front if let's say the yield is at 4%. 
So this is the only little quote for T-bills uh, that I think more of us should look out for. Uh, it doesn't really change the investment thesis. It doesn't really affect the way we look at debt instruments or short-term debt instruments issued by the government. It, it, it's just a different way of repaying. La. So don't, don't shock, okay? Say, hey, why I get discount upfront and, and why they never give me more money at the end, right? So, so relax on that. This is just how it works, okay? And a uh, fun fact to know is that there's no cap to the amount of T-bills that you can own, right? Unlike SSBs, which has a 200,000 cap, uh, you can buy as much T-bills as you want and the institution people and the fund managers, they also participate in this process, right? So welcome. Anybody wants to get as much T-bills, go ahead. And this brings me to point number three, which is an important point, okay? This point number three will affect the chances of you getting the T-bills. Point number three is non-competitive applications are more likely to be filled than competitive application. So the thing is, when applying for T-bills, same with SGS, you are entering an auction. Okay, so unlike SSBs, uh, because SSBs, they have a standard repayment and you get the interest annually, uh, you already know what is the interest repayment already, right? Because they give you the chart and then you see the chart and then you'll be like, oh, okay, la, okay, then I buy. Okay, so uh, the SSBs is out of the way, but T-bills and SGS, they actually are on the auction level. In other words, there's a highest bidder price. Right? So there's a higher bidder price. And what happens is everybody comes in and bid, 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 bid. Right? So everybody comes in and bid. And at the end, the highest bidder or the cut-off bidder, like PSLE cut-off score like that, right? The cut-off bidder will be the interest rate that the government pays everybody. Okay, so don't be afraid if you bid lower. Okay, it doesn't matter because at the end, the last cut-off will be the interest that everybody gets. Okay, which is why if you are participating using a non-competitive application, which means you never indicate what is the interest rates that you want, you just say, I want. So I want 10 lots, 20 lots, 100 lots. Okay, you just say you want and you're willing to put the money up for it and that's it. So you apply for the amount of lots and put under non-competitive and then you move on. Whereas the people that are doing competitive application, they actually indicate the specific interest that they want. Right, so it can be 3.5, 3.8, 4.5, 5.5, 5, whatever interest that they want. And whoever that holds the last number, the closing bid, is the one that gets for everyone. Okay, so of course, as the government, they want to raise capital. Of course, they also want to pay as little as possible. So this is a whole bidding process. right? So very interesting, right? So when you look at this, the non-competitive bids they get first. Uh, because they're non-competitive, right? So uh, most of the bonds are filled first with a non-competitive application. So if you definitely want to get it, regardless of what price, yeah, quick tip is to go for non-competitive application. You are the priority. But you must also thank the people that put competitive application like, because they are the price determinant. <laughs> so although you get first, but ultimately how high they bid is the price that you're going to get. Okay, so no scare, uh, no scare. Okay? It's like everybody will get, you know, the last bit, the closing bit. But it's just that if you put non-competitive, you are the first bunch of bond buyers that get sold to, right? So you get the T-bills first as compared to the competitive people. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, so this is a very, very simple episode today uh, just to try to help you understand the broad debt structure because there are so many different things and to learn some features of uh, T-bills, right? So, so I'm going to sum up today's episode on the three points that you should look out for when you're exploring T-bills. Number one is T-bills can be bought with cash, SRS, or CPFIS. Essentially, almost everywhere you hold money, you can use them to buy T-bills. And it's very easy. You just need to click apply on the back end of your internet banking, right? Or your CPFIS account or your SRS account, okay? It's, which are mostly all linked to your, your bank anyway, right? So click apply. It's very simple, okay? It's not invest because it's like queuing up for BTO. You got to queue up for these T-bills. That's why it's under apply. Singapore Government Securities. Point number two is that T-bills are as risk-free as they can get and they do have a different repayment method as compared to SGS and SSBs, right? So, like I said, it's very risk-free because the Singapore government's credit rating is great and we are issuing in our own home currency, so we have control over this. The only thing you need to know is that for every dollar that you put, or for every thousand dollar that you put into T-bills, you're not going to get more of it. You're just going to pay less upfront. So, this is just a small little difference from everything else. It does not fundamentally change the risk-reward structure of whether you should invest in TBUs, SGS, or SSBs. It doesn't really change it. They are all pretty much as risk-free because you're lending money to the same people, right? <laughs> Which is the Singapore government. But you just lend them in different tenure and you're trying to get a different way uh, to pay back, right? So this is the only thing that is a small little divergence from the other two products. Uh, but yeah, just, just make sure that at the end you don't go and complain and send email and say, hey, why you never pay me? Actually, you already got a discount up front and that is where your capital is going to come back. Point number three is non-competitive applications are more likely to be filled than competitive applications. So non-competitive application is simple. It means you want to get the bond, uh, you want to get the T-bills regardless of what price, right? So you just want to get this X amount of volume. Competitive application are people that apply and then they have a fixed price that they want to get at. So if you don't give me this price, I will not get it. The idea here is there's a last cut-off price, like a PSLE cut-off score, and everybody will get that rate. Okay, so don't be worried if you're just going to put a non-competitive side. Why if I get very lousy rates? No, everybody get a standard rates. It's just that non-competitive gets filled first, right? Because, you know, you're lending money to the government. The government also want to be smart, right? So they want to take the people that are willing to lend money at whatever interest rates. But you must thank the people that do competitive application because they are the price determinant at the end of the day. So if you really want this, non-competitive application is the way to go. So with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful than interesting when shared, debated, and discussed. Join our community telegram group, sign up for our newsletter, and follow our YouTube channel. So we have a new YouTube channel. Okay, technically not new. We have decided to reboot YouTube channel and uh, yeah, please check them out. I think uh, we're gonna 
quite do quite a few interesting content. Of course, Chill's gonna be in video format. So if you really love the people that we are interviewing, you can check out their faces, uh, get a more textured reaction. And I personally am in love with Wise and Shine, the new personal development series that we do on Monday. It also goes out on uh, on our YouTube. So please check that out. I think you will love it. Like, share, subscribe, and yeah. See you next week. Okay, coconut. So yeah, I hope you found today's episode useful. It's actually very hard to be funny and interesting talking about tea bills. It's so dry. Oh my goodness. So I try my very hard already. Okay. At the end, I hope you get a bit more clarity on like the different mechanics. Uh, it is not. It is yeah Like I said, you're all, we're all lending money to the same people, right? So all the Singapore government. So the risk reward doesn't really uh, change as much. The, the the premium that you get for the longer term stuff is because it's longer term, right? You lend someone twelve months versus you lend someone twelve years. Uh, the difference is the time period of repayment, right? So, so uh, the the I mean, it's riskier right? because it's a much longer time period. So they get a bit higher for longer term repayment, uh, but it does not fundamentally differ in terms of the risk profile of the person that you're lending money to, right? which is the Singapore government in this case. So yeah, I hope um, you learn a little bit more about T bills and yeah, please uh, make your own decision. How is this gonna work for you? Next week, I'm gonna spend some time to talk about buying Chinese stocks, right? Because I think a lot of people still think that Chinese stocks are only listed in the US or you can only get US ADR. Everybody is talking about Chinese tech stock. Maybe not so much. Lah. People don't really want to talk about it already. But I want to, for once and for all, put out an episode to talk about like how can you get Chinese stocks in RMB pretty much. And it matters. The currency is becoming more and more important in today's world. So yeah, we'll see you next week.